is your Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes jam-packed with up-to-the-minute news from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice every weekday. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Top story switches from Iran proper, our killing Soleimani, Iran striking back, to all eyes on the Ukrainian commercial jet that went down at Tehran's airport. It's big news. We say it was accidentally shot down by a Russian-made surface-to-air missile. The Iranian head of civil aviation says that's impossible. He says that those weapons are nowhere near the civilian airspace and the plane wouldn't have just caught on fire and crashed into the ground if that's how it went. He went further and called it a big lie. Oh, I was about to say, yeah. <laughs> totally reminiscent of Hitler, whether it's Hitler calling on the big lie or Hitler being the big lie, big lie, Hitler. So they play into the hands. Did you see his full quote? The whole quote, what is it? He said, no one will assume responsibility for such a big lie once it is known that the claim had been fraudulent. It is unfortunate that the psychological operation of the United States government and those supporting it knowingly and unknowingly are adding insult to the injury of the bereaved families and victimizing them for certain goals by propagating such fallacies. Wow. I mean, he's right, but it's weird that he would go into the whole psychological operation propaganda angle of it. They have been talking about that. Who's he talking to? They've been talking about propaganda more to the public and in the public, like the the acknowledgement of its existence has been. Of course, it's always the other people are yeah. doing it, but yeah, they're yeah, bringing yeah, it right. out front more. Well, there's something I've got to put in the glossary called the propaganda effect. Which, thank you to a big friend of the show, uh, he's given me this concept before. You've talked about this concept before. I know you're aware of it. Separate from this. And uh, he said it's there are a lot of different names for it, but propaganda effects, which kind of appeals to me, is one of them. And I only reached out and said, like, what do you call this again because of this story today? Because there were so many elements in it that reminded me of this. The propaganda effect, and there are variations of it, is when you've talked about it before, when hearing something once or over and over again, even if it was told to you as being false. Yeah takes a place in your brain that highlights it the next time you hear it. Right. It makes it more credible. It makes it salient. It shows up easier in the brain. Yes. And and if what our friend of the show said is that they did tests where, psychological tests where when people are later asked about that fact or that item – they don't remember whether it was true or false. Yeah. They, they, just, they don't. Yeah. So, so this, I'm not sure that's the exact, that this overarching expression, there's probably a better expression for what I've been noticing in this Ukraine flight story. But the story has so many weird highlights, buzzwords, elements to it that call back another recent story that it's just full of stuff you've seen before it's not it's like not a new story it almost feels stale and yeah. i'll tell you i'll tell you the elements that i've identified as being in that category first of all it's a boeing 737 so it's not a boeing 737 max which is the thing that was grounded but it's a boeing 737 so that 
automatically puts in your mind this ambiguity. Well, those things do go down. Now, those things do not go down. The Max had the problem, but these things do not go down. And earlier this week, the head of Boeing, who had withstood the storm around the 737 Max, was dismissed by the board saying that he got sideways of the FAA, whereas he said, I had that call with the FAA earlier this week and I thought it was fine. I don't even, I don't know why you guys have, have uh, pulled the rug out. So the Boeing guy was gone. This, it reminded me of Chris Kyle before the Boston Marathon bombing. His guys, Kraft International, were there. He wasn't because he had been killed recently. You know what I mean? Sometimes I feel like if the big guy, Travis, Travis Kalanick or whatever, doesn't, doesn't play along, they're gone and the, theme marches on. But this Boeing 737 put that ambiguity. Is it a missile? Is it mechanical failure? Nobody's saying it's sabotaged by the U.S., which is what I think it is. And I think the plane was probably empty or empty-ish. Well, but to that, the U.S. issued a no-fly order over Iran and Iraq hours before the Ukraine plane was down. No! The FAA stopped U.S. commercial traffic over the region, potentially saving American lives. Just hours before the Ukraine plane was Whoa. shot. Whoa. I knew they had done it. I thought it was – I thought they used the Ukraine crash as excuse for that. Wow. That is fascinating. All right. So the, some of the other things are that – parallel is that you – it's – it is supposedly an accidental firing of a Russian-made surface-to-air missile. Even in the Wall Street Journal article today, it says the last time a commercial jet was accidentally shot down was over Ukraine. MH17 was accidentally shot down by Russian-backed separatists using a Russian surface-to-air missile. Now, that is a complete – that is a big lie because the surface-to-air missile that is – that is in – at issue, I don't think it's even completely resolved how that plane came down, but it was of a generation that the Ukrainian government has, but the separatists did not have. So there, once you realize what it, what missile they're talking about, you know it had to have been if that's what took it down anyway. But that missile is a government missile in Ukraine. So so then you have this Malaysia th- that MH17 callback because this is Ukraine Airlines, but that was over Ukraine. And of course, that brings in Russia, you know, Russia somewhere, you know, the Russian made missile in both cases. By coincidence, today came out that MH370, the real Malaysian crash, the original what really happened there crash where definitely people died. The U.S. said that the victims of that, their families cannot sue in the United States, even though. I believe it was an American. It, it was like there are American companies involved. Normally, they would be able to sue. Now, I cracked the code on that. I am pretty confident that MH370 went down over the South China Sea about an hour after it took off because of a fire that started from lithium ion batteries that were in it next to some fruits that may have created a gas. Yeah. So that's really, I mean, and, and American pilots have said that too. What people don't realize, they're like, oh, it must have just veered off course after that. No, it went down right there. And one of the tells is that the entire search area, just like millions of square miles, basically searched everywhere except exactly where the thing went down. Yeah. So I think they didn't want to find it because the liability of that cargo from Malaysia to Boeing to G or whoever, 
whoever would be implicated in that would be just a crippling amount of liability. So this way, the p- families don't get to sue. Yeah. And that's since that came down today, I was like, oh, they really they certainly did not want these families to be able to sue anyway. But those MH370 families did not did weren't as highlighted. I remember at the time, maybe they were. But this this Ukraine thing today, there was a wedding picture of two newlyweds that went down in this Ukraine and all these other heroes with weird backstories. There's just a lot of that. Yeah. Uh, made for tv tragedy feel about this one and uh but yeah there were a lot of things that that had that uh that had that familiarity very familiar yeah but there there were two other little items about that one is i expected this an article outlined in the wall street journal highlighted today saying international investigations of this nature the protocol is not binding information sharing is sensitive because of the uh, animosity uh, so it didn't even say so we should have an international protocol with mandatory information it doesn't say that but it leaves it where you can't there is nothing else to say except for that. And when you have something like the USMCA, which is going to start having binding international law, you have this kind of globalism. Trump, the globalist, I think he saved the Exim Bank in, in total today. That's a big globalist thing. Uh, the you USMCA. The, bank? the ex- Export Import Bank is like the US subsidizes kind of global corporations to export and import, or I, I don't know, yeah. maybe it's minor corporations as well. But Republicans are against it because it's globalist subsidies, whatever. And Trump was like, we hate it. We're going to get rid of it. He saved it today. He he also called today for an expansion of NATO into the Middle East. Let's change the whole nature of NATO. Let's make it basically a, a an international armed forces, you know, the, the yeah. world government uh, military. That Yeah, that's a definite possibility. It's going to happen eventually. Yeah, and the, and the other thing I wanted to mention is that Trump, it well and truly is not Batman because the Hillary case, you know, like people have called us and said, oh, thousands of indictments are coming down. Tens of thousands of indictments are coming down. Yeah. Case was dropped against Hillary today, yesterday. Well, good for her. Maybe she can run for president again since she has cleared her name. I want to say one quick thing about Iran again. Phil Mudd, the former CIA and oh, FBI Oh, your favorite. Yeah, the crying on, guy? Right. Really over the top. <laughs> the guy who says that he's proud to be from a – he's a proud shitholer. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, he was on <laughs> CNN the other day talking about the Iran strike where they – struck the buildings, the empty buildings, and he was asked about the information on the ground. And we don't normally play things here, but this is quick and it's right here. And you have to hear what he said. Intel guys don't do evidence. They do intel, which typically doesn't reach the level that you can present in a courtroom. It is what I think, not what I know. Could you hear that? Was it loud Mm -hmm. enough? Intel Mm -hmm. guys don't do evidence. Yeah, we do stovepiping. We do propaganda. Yes, Yes, that's clear. It's not something that you could actually use to prove something. Yeah. It's just to That's influence what people like, through propaganda. On, exactly. He goes on to say that. <laughs> Yet every time they cite the Russian intelligence, they say, oh, the, the intel agencies proved it. 
Oh, yeah, like six intel agencies. How many intel agencies? Well, seven is, well, once it's seven intel agencies, then it's, what, who needs evidence? There's 49 of them now. <laughs> How many communists are in the State Department? You have to see the Manchurian candidate. Okay, so should I give you my couple more? I forgot I had two more. Yeah, hit me with it. Uh, so in, in, people don't ever hear about this, but in 1988, this was in the journal today, the U.S. Navy Vincennes shot down an Iranian civil airliner and killed 290 Iranian. In 1988, yeah. that's not that long ago. And you don't hear about that too much. Also, another point about the flight is that it's Canadian and Ukrainian. I mean, you can't, if it were totally random countries that were not clearly extensions of ourselves or part of the you know, budding Commonwealth, then I would be a little less like this is completely made up or controlled. And then the other thing it said, the other Iran related article in the journal today that I found was interesting was that the, it, it, the headline was something like Trump team uh, comes together over Iran. And then it goes on to say how they, unlike any other coalition he's put together before he, uh, they don't push back on him. So they do what he wants. So yeah. again, you're cordoning off you're putting on to him exactly all the responsibility for this. Same thing like Congress is saying, don't, uh, they passed a, a basically symbolic thing that said, you can't do any more Iranian aggression without congressional approval, which if he doesn't need congressional approval, their law doesn't bind him anyway. But if he does anything now, they've distanced as well. Yeah, that they have, he has taken, Front roll, center responsibility for everything going on here, which makes me think what you have said in the past about him being set up to be the guy who took us into a war. And False. and he's going to crash the economy, too. Don't forget about that. <laughs> and crash the economy. <laughs> Sorry. I'm not looking do, forward to it, but. I did do a Google trend. I want to see what was trending on Google last night after that happened. And the number six trend was, quote, Iran shoots down plane. And the number four trend was U.S. shoots down Iran airliner. What? Oh, wow. Whoa. So I wondered why that was in the Wall Street Journal today. I was like, why would they bring up that Vincennes thing? I mean, if I'm not thinking about it, nobody's thinking about it. I thought at first that this was a reference where they were saying that where people were searching if the U.S. shot down the plane. Mm -mm. I don't, oh, well, I don't I, know. I, think, I don't know come either. Up it yeah. could be that or it could be referenced. But to it's the, so dialectical exactly. when you do it that way. And it when goes you, to what you're yeah. saying. It's so familiar. Yes. And it's, and it's you know, there was something screwy about this Iran thing. And then I was thinking, when you think about all the, all the stuff we've done over there, we basically almost exclusively take out secular governments and or install radical religious governments. So Gaddafi was secular. We took him out. Who the hell knows? What's, Libya is a mess right now. Uh, we were trying to take Assad out. He's secular. We took Hussein out. He was Saddam Hussein. He was secular. We took out the secular government of Afghanistan in the 70s, and it's replaced by the Taliban. We took out the secular government in Iran in the 50s, replaced it with a Shah, a monarchy, and then replaced him with these religious guys there, Saudi Arabia, that Wahhabi thing, I think, was like a U.S.-British intelligence operation. We wanted to take out Nasser and Egypt. Like We take out the secular ones and put in the religious ones. And so this is making me think now that I always go back and forth with Iran, like, what is really going on? And now I feel like what's really going on, because of that religious thing, that's our signature. And, and they call us the great Satan, but really... 
they are our great Satan. Yeah. We need that enemy. We have right. no enemy that we can hate because of who they are. Mm-hmm. Like Russians are white. You know what right. I mean? Like you can't just hate them. They're Christian, right? Like yeah. you, you can't peddle that to the, uh, to the, to the rank and file right voter. Yeah. But you can, if you do it this way, I think, I think, I think that's where I'm, I'm settling in. I also think this story, it, you're right. That is the demon. Combining the Russian interference and that them being kind of the face of the demon that they're right, it gives them the the dog, yeah, you know, the hounds of hell kind of thing, yeah, right. I find this focus on, but it was an accident to be a bit peculiar. Everybody seems way too accepting of, oh, but it was an accident. I'm interested to see what comes down the line with that because there's definitely a unified, hmm. coordinated message of, oh, but it was it was an accident. And well, I assume strange. that's just so that you don't have to take any action. Yeah. But what's the point of it? What I, is the point of this crash? I, I think can't. to create fear. I think to continue to create World War Three fears. What's one well, of the points among others? Yeah, but there were I think there's probably something specific. Two things come to mind. Closing that airspace for some reason over time. Maybe we are going to go in there. I don't know. And also, I think they are really always looking for opportunities to create or emphasize the, the airplane crash narrative because I do believe, and, and it always comes back to, I don't know a lot about that industry, but it always comes back to in these articles, there is no global surveillance system. There is no global control. There is no international access to all the information. It operates in a state of nationalism. They always come back to that and, and they, they're playing the long game. I think that's where this is headed. There could be a bigger reason for this, but that's definitely part of it. Did you see the emails that were leaked or whatever from employees of Boeing where they were talking about the people who made Boeings and the employees were saying, would you ever ride or oh. put your child on a Boeing flight? I never would. No way. All of that stuff came wow. out today. That's crazy because I watched a Huel Hauser. You ever see that? Like Golden California or something. Huel Hauser. He's a funny guy from Tennessee, but he moved to California and he just like would go to places in California, In-N-Out. And he spent an hour like, where did In-N-Out Burger come from or whatever. It's a funny show. My husband used to like it. It was really, really It's like a strange. redneck in California. Y- yeah, but like it just was the strangest thing that my husband loved it. But anyway, so we would watch all these crazy shows. Here at the and In-N-Out was- Burger? I like it in Outburger. There's, there's, they're spreading around the country. They're not just in California anymore, but they, uh, they are family. Come, I don't know, but the Boeing thing, there was a Boeing plant and they went in there. And I have to say, like, I'm not a big fan of institutionalization and a lot of unions and layers and layers, but these people, I mean, this is my bolt. This is my nut. I sign every nut. And I stand there and I look at the nut and I put it in its place and I brush it off and I come back later and I sometimes I sleep with it. You know, like they that their nut, their bolt, their seam, their whatever it is that that individual is responsible. The place was cr- so clean. I mean, then I was just like, wow, like that. That's amazing. And then I always look at we don't have U.S. run commercial jets crashing. We just don't. It doesn't happen. It's a perfect system. It's it's not a perfect system, but it were it's perfectly effective. Even if it's full of redundancy and inefficiency, it's perfectly effective. So I don't buy that. Well, 
Maybe it's what not do you, real. What do you, what's your read on it? I think planes are extremely dangerous and unnatural. I know statistically <laughs> they that are it's unnatural. Safer, yes, they're unnatural for sure. I believe that the people. My instinct is to say that those emails are true, and the people they're probably part joking around and probably part serious. There might be a fear of flying that affects some of their opinions as well. And I think there's a lot of room for error. Well, the first thing on my list today, without thinking about that at all, was that one of the elements of this story is that it's a Boeing 737 so that it puts into people's minds this ambiguity of, well, it could have been mechanical failure, could have been an accident. There you go. So it de- that email, the timing of releasing those emails yeah. for sure – and getting rid of that CEO, he probably wasn't going to go along with all of that. Yeah, the timing was definitely interesting. Megxit, is that what it's called? Is that what we're calling it? I think they're this? calling it Megxit. Megxit. Yeah. We purposely both avoided this story yesterday because I'm, <laughs> I know. we thought it was stupid. It's, it is stupid. <laughs> it is stupid. It is really, really stupid. Yes. Although I believe there's a purpose to it that probably is going to go unrecognized. And going back to World War I, when we were still neutral – the way that we were swayed, the war, the war fervor was created by the British. And this was – the documents were released, their correspondence with each other to, from the Wellington House, which is the – which was the British propaganda organization back to their agents in this country were released after the war. They called us dumb, naive. They said it was easy to manipulate our, our educators, our university people, our high-class celebrity types were easy. They mocked how dumb we were. They set up all these cells all around the world, and in, in America, there was, a whole, was like 100 of them across America. And what the Wellington House did, the British propaganda organization, is they sent celebrities. They sent literary celebrities that Americans fawned over and just wanted to be around and wanted other people to see them with because they knew when they send these celebrities over, then they're going to have the eager ears of some of the most influential people in America. And so that's what they did. They put these literary celebs in the center of these elite social circles and these university social circles, and they spread their messages through them, through these naive people who just wanted to be around, you know, the British royalty. And the British royalty in World War II and possibly World War I as well came over and did a specific propaganda operation in America to sway public opinion for sure. from the very top. Yeah, yeah, the president for sure. And everything. I think that's what's going on here. They're putting them in the middle. They're, they're Hollywood already with uh, Markle and they're friends with Obama. They're putting them in the middle of these celebrities, making it look like they're breaking free. But what they're doing is they're bringing the British Empire over here and they're putting agents right in the middle of everything. That's absolutely brilliant. That is really, really interesting, and I I really look forward to seeing that unfold. I think you're probably right. I had a couple of two little tidbits on my theory of what's going on yeah. here, which don't contradict what you're saying, but they're yeah, definitely yeah. not as important as what you're saying. One is, first of all, uh, you know, I have a hashtag, it will take a Republican. Uh-huh. It, it will take an actor. So Zelensky's an actor, Trump is an actor, Meghan Markle is an actress. Yes. So if you're going to have somebody play a role, it's good to have somebody play an actress. Now, the, to the manner born, they are born to like Trudeau and Harry himself. Like those are people who are to the manner born. They are born actors. They are born to be actors. Yeah. They don't have to take a class. Yeah. But if you're going to bring in an outsider, an American, like you say, it's perfect that it would be for your reason more than mine. But there's something there. And also when you saw Harry marry Meghan – 
you would think, oh, it's so PC and trendy to like portray yourself as progressive and post-racial. And that's probably why the Korean is allowing this. And, you know, and, and people thought that when Obama was elected too, people felt that they could, uh, uh, kind of atone for a history of racism by, um, going for the, uh, they, they just loved having a, like really African American president, you know, who wasn't descended from slaves, but he just made people feel like I can prove I'm not a racist. Yeah. And that made them happy. But then, so it was pretty nasty when Eric Holder, when he said in the beginning, he was like, Oh, I want an honest conversation about race. And I was like, that's so great. That's what, that's what this is all about, isn't it? And then he was just like, you all suck. Right. I'm like, Oh, yeah. but that's not helpful. No, like, we're no. really trying, you know? And, uh, and they really flipped the sweat script and now it's worse than ever. Like they made it worse than ever. And I feel like that we met that same rug pulling might come out. And what, what really put me over the tipping point was when I saw that math, Madame Trousseau, whatever they wax people, the royal family there, yeah. like took the, took Meghan and Harry out of the wax family. And then someone else showed me, uh, like the queen making her Christmas like announcement at her desk. She had pictures facing forward of all of her family and they, their picture was conspicuously missing. Yeah. So I think they're just going to say, oh, they're too racist and then make things worse instead of better like they could have. You nailed the racial angle on that right away. I instantly saw people on Twitter calling them racist, saying this is all about race. It's Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't see it, but I just thought that's like a bait and switch. And it's so nasty because people it's good that people want to get past that and demonstrate that. And I mean, it's good. And you don't want to go overboard to where it like, you know, feels false, but it's not right to take advantage of people's good impulses for in the service of evil. I'm sure Megan and Harry don't think of it that way, but I have to say that Megan, from what I've seen of her and her interviews, seems like a nightmare. And I oh, bet really? his life is miserable. She seems but you're the like one who said it looked way... like he was super into her. And I was like, really? he does. He's way he does. Too he does. Super he does. Into her, and she yeah. probably owns him. Right. And she looks like just a lot of trouble. She reminds me. <laughs> Why? Can you give actresses. one example that isn't like super offensive? She just looks like she's kind of ruthless. Really? Yeah. And cold. You just don't like the cut of her jib or is it stuff she's said or done? The way that she talks, I just get a, a sense from her. Oh, I've never heard her talk. Yeah, I, I just—I've never seen her in a show. I've dated I don't some know actresses who she is. that actually that oh, may have even actresses. been in the yeah, same okay. roles. Very yeah, dramatic, yeah. Vic. Very. She yeah. comes off as some. Don't get me wrong. She's got it. Like she's a probably diva. super intense, is what I guess, and that is right. perfect for some people, but might be a lot of trouble. Yeah, the acting personality has to be something different from what I'm. Yeah. I don't have a, I don't have a, a cubby for that. I don't yeah. know what it we is. I got a few cubbies for this. All right. <laughs> Okay, let's let's move on. So, what you, let's do it. Stacey Abrams is doing an event here in Atlanta today with Bloomberg, and or Bloomberg is coming to her event. It's a Fair Fight Georgia event, and it's exclusive. You're not allowed to get into it unless you donated to Fair Fight Georgia. And Bloomberg gave five million bucks to her 
activist group Fair Fight, five million bucks. So he seems to be buying, trying to buy her as a vice president, if you ask me. Oh, yeah. That That was foreshadowed. Yes. She announced her new book about fair voting rights. It'll be coming out in June. Setting this narrative up about the Fair Fight Georgia stuff. And that's all I had on that. I wanted to, oh, go ahead. I can't, I can't get past that she ran against the number one most provable corrupt secretary of state when it comes to voting. Yeah. And didn't bring it up. I, I want to say something a little bit tangential to oh, that. So it. what? Okay. So Kelly Loeffler, do you know who that is? I recognize the name. Yeah. She just got sworn in as the Georgia senator. Right. Yeah. She's got to run though in November. Mm-hmm. She has to run for the last two years. She only gets to be the stump senator until the next election. Yeah, That's how she's tall. L- lowers. She's good looking at it, yeah. from what I could tell. But anyway, so this was the one that Trump made a big deal of going to Kemp and saying, don't pick her, pick my guy. And Kemp said, oh, I'm picking who I want to pick. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm like, bullshit. That, that guy, Kemp, is like the most, to me, the most corruptible person ever. Like what his campaign did to what's his face? Casey, whatever, I for Kegel. Yeah. Um, just, and the cheating and ugh, disgusting. Can't stand him. So, so, so this chick is somebody who Trump targeted. So I think along with like anti Iran war libertarian Republicans like Rand Paul, she might start the dominoes of, oh, will she vote for impeachment? Will Republicans? Yeah. You know what I mean? To make the drama of the impeachment more Definitely. intense. Yeah. And then her, her fruition, her, her self-actualization as a pawn is going to be when she loses the Senate seat to a Democrat. Oh, yeah. That's just what to watch out for. Yeah. That's pure speculation all around, you know, whatever. I think and, you're uh, on to something yeah. there. I think we are going to see some challenges. And then to Trump. Uh, bef- before we move on from that, now that you mentioned the a- Anglo thing, uh, between the wars, I just posted a really delicious cocktail called the Lion's Tail. Oh, Lion's yeah. Tail, really freaking delicious. And I looked into it and it was, it was published, created, whatever, invented in the thirties. And it was an, a, an, a response to or an homage to Anglophobia in the United States between the wars. So people in the United States were mad at England for getting us into World War One. Yes. I didn't, I didn't, I know you said they like were, they, they had the propaganda commission after that and all that. Nationwide. But I just, yeah. to, to see that on liquor.com. That's interesting. You know, was kind of interesting to me. Uh, and speaking of social media, so I have to just tell you something. So you know how I said I wanted to get up to 10,000 Twitter followers before they take me down because uh-huh. of the new term? I did. Congratulations. Thank you so much. So I said to my husband, I was like, wow. I hit 10,000 Twitter followers and he said, Oh, they're going to take you down now. And I was like, Oh, you're done. Oh, I got it backwards. He's like, Well, now you have too much influence. They, He's now right. you're in their crosshair. So done. I was trying to get it to 10,000 before people. I got taken down. But if I had it, <laughs> I'm barely, it doesn't over matter. Yeah, I mean, I'm, it's not yeah. like people are, it, it, people just follow you. I follow people. They follow me back. It's not, it's doesn't, I don't think 10,000 people are waiting to hear what I have to say. Yeah. So, and if, if I had a blue check mark, I'd really, I would never ask for a blue check mark because then. Yeah, you don't want that. No, they would take it down. And if I saw someone with a blue check mark, I'm kind of like, eh. Yeah. You know, right. <laughs> I don't, there's no possible chance that you're, 
telling the truth, but I just thought it was funny that I kind of screwed myself because you I did. thought it'd be awesome to That's like it. achieve that goal. So My husband's like, Oh, that means you're in the, uh, oh. enjoy it while it lasts. So I might have to move to Instagram, although I really do not know how to use it. Instagram is definitely a little bit different than Twitter for sure. Yeah. I just, I can't, it's like pictures and no words, right? How can right. I, that's not my thing. I'm going to give you the option. Do you want to hear the story about new knowledge now or yes. do you want to tease it till oh. next week? Next week. Oh my Today's gosh. Friday. It's Friday. Oh, which reminds me, this is a good time to tell people. Can it, can it wait till next week? It can. Yeah. All right. Let's do it yeah. next week. Um, we're working hard. We took a little hiatus, but uh, for the holidays, thank goodness, because been glad a lot of family responsibilities. But uh, and so did I. So we're back. We're not going to take another vacation for a long time. We do. It does cost us to put these hours in. Like I personally have to actually pay someone to do my household stuff. And I know Binkley, there's big opportunity costs for you. Yes. So, uh, we would just like people, if they want to contribute to keeping the positivity going here, how can people do that, Binkley? They can become a Patreon at patreon.com. I believe the propaganda report, or they can donate through PayPal. All of the links are on the propreport.com and they can subscribe and or subscribe, share the show with your friends, help us build and grow. We're steadily growing. We'd like to continue growing. Yes. If we get to uh, a certain critical mass of listeners, we're going to produce additional information. content and offer a premium service. We won't take anything away from this, but we'll put more stuff out there. And then that way, people who can't pay for it don't have to. They can still get all of this. And the people who want a little more can kind of subsidize it. And we're everybody's happy. Win, win, win. Yeah. You can also leave us a rating on iTunes. You can give us a nice comment, a five-star rating, and make us feel good, definitely. Give us some critical math. There you go. You guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com at 4 p.m., on your favorite podcasting platform. We will talk to you next week. Enjoy some JJ Boogie.